Hey guys, welcome back to the Outlook Industries podcast. It's your host, Trevor Johnson, back in the studio recording some more episodes for you guys. Today, I have my first international guest. It's Ben Rogers. He's a great scooter rider from Melbourne, Australia, and he helped a lot with Volo Park, and he was a rider for MGP. On He was the first rider on their flow team, flow team apparently. So, that was really cool to talk about and he's just got some really cool things to say about the scooter industry and just how it's different over in Australia compared to how it is in the US where I'm at. So I, I really enjoyed talking to him about some of the differences between where he grew up and where I grew up and it was just really interesting to hear about. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcasts. Please give me five stars if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe. Tell me what I could do different or what you enjoyed. I love to hear all sorts of critiques. So, and that's just how I make the podcast better. So yeah, if you guys are enjoying it, make sure to help me out a little bit. You can always follow me on Outlook underscore Industries on Instagram. And yeah, let's get right into this podcast with Ben. It's the Outlook Podcast. We're here with the Outlook Podcast. Just we're here. We're talking to cool people. Hey guys, welcome back to the Outlook Industries podcast. Today I have Ben Rogers on. He is a really good Australian scooter rider and he has had a big part in the uh, Volo Park and has just done some crazy tricks lately and I wanted to talk to him and just see what was going on. So uh, how's it going, Ben? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Um, not too much going on. Melbourne's just gone into a lockdown, so... Yeah, that's what you said. Why did it go into a lockdown again? I think a couple of cases popped up and uh I'm not too I'm not following it too much, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh starting to spread again. Oh dang. Isn't great, but gives me time to do this. So Yeah, for complain. sure. Will you can you like not go outside then or like how does the lockdown work there? We have uh four or five reasons to go outside. So um it's either for like food, exercise caring or work or school oh, so geez. they're the only reasons you're allowed to be outside otherwise it's like illegal you can get fined for it right yeah if you don't have a good reason you get fined dang that's annoying that sucks yeah. so you're just kind of stuck inside so uh i'm just gonna have you kind of in your words say uh who you are and what you do and where you're from and just that kind of thing yeah um, so I'm Ben Rogers. I've been riding scooters for probably best part of 13 years, um, yeah. 14 years. It's been a while. I started really young. Um, so that, that helps with a, a lot of the time. Yeah. And, uh, I'm from Melbourne, Australia. I'm from Northeast side and, mm -hmm. um, all the indoor skate parks in Melbourne have always been on the South or like West. So, uh, Vol when Volo Park popped up, it's the first yeah. indoor on the north side. So really? uh, closest indoor, it's the first one on the north side, and uh, yeah, excellent placement for um, how um how far is like the south side from you? Like how long does it take to get there? If I wanted to go to the shed, which is in Cranbourne, pretty yeah. much all the bottom, it's a good hour and twenty minute drive. Wow. Yeah. That's quite a commute to just for riding a park, which I'm sure you've done that plenty. 
done it heaps. I, I used to have a lot, so I wouldn't be driving as such. It'd be a bit cheaper and yeah, you'd kind of just sit on the train and go on your phone. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a commute. Yeah. Cause you guys have heaps of parks around there, don't you? Yeah. We got like pretty much a park in every suburb. Um, oh, okay. I don't know. I know there's a couple that don't, but um, I've got on my maps, all the parks like pinpointed and saved. So if I go oh, on to yeah. the album, I just click on skate parks and it'll pop up with all the skate parks and it's yeah. Scattered all the way around. That's cool. So you just have like this archive in your phone of all the, all the parks. That I can click on and, and it'll show me all the skate parks. Or do a lot of those show up on like maps and stuff, or do you have to like find them yourself? I know probably a good 95% is on Google. If you Google it, um, the okay. skate park will come with an address but there's a couple that um won't come up oh a little bit more secretive or like smaller that aren't major uh do you have any siblings or anything i got one brother yeah he's a younger brother does he ride um, he rides rollerblades so cool. um he's, he's gotten me into that a couple times um and like i've been doing all kinds of action sports since i was young so i've been riding rollerblades just around as a kid, I never really yeah. took him to the skate park. Um, the skate park was more for BMX or scooter, but I've been riding skateboards on paths and just around as like form of transport. And then yeah. I would ride with my brother or family. Um, yeah. So basically BMX and scooter are a skate park and then the other two are just fun or transport. Yeah. So how did you kind of get into scootering and how did that happen? Um, so. I basically, I rode bikes as a kid and, uh, when you're young, um, especially back then, the, the technologies that they had for bikes, they, um, they were certainly a lot heavier and it, yeah. I found it really hard to progress. Um, so I pick up, I picked up a scooter because I had the same sort of mechanics of bar spins and tail whips. Cause I wasn't really interested in skateboarding with grinds or flip tricks or whatever. Yeah. Um, bar spins, tail whips going big. So I picked up a scooter and basically just went from there. I kind of wanted to, I wanted to get every trick in the book yeah. and then I, as consistent as I could. Um, and I, again, a big part for me is I kind of, I would certainly rather look a bit cleaner, do things nicer. Um, yeah. I'm really consistent with it. There's less chance of crashing, less chance of injury. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of just, I take it easy now. Yeah. But, um, it's definitely more a, a style thing for me. Yes. Uh, just because it's more fun. If you go on like really fast air, something really nice, it's just, that's the best feeling that I like. I don't, I'm not after trying to do as many tail flips as I can. Um, mm -hmm. That's just not my goal anymore. So. I feel like that's, that's kind of, as you get older, you're more worried about style and cleanliness. And I, I feel like you're, almost looking at it as more of like a competition rider. Have you done a lot of competitions? Um, I used to do comps. I don't do comps anymore. Okay. Um, I think there's a couple competitions that I'm going to do with like a couple mates just around the local skate parks. But um, no, I didn't do ASA, which is the Australian Scooter Association. That's basically how you qualify for the international comps. Uh, I did those 20... 16 17 18 i think and i've got got decent results yeah but then uh yeah 
that there was a problem with comps for me. So as a kid, I did gymnastics. That's one of, that's my state uniform. Um, and doing competitions kind of takes the fun out of the sport for me. Yeah. So, um, I didn't want that to happen with scootering because I, I really like the sport. And if I do, if I keep doing comps, it's going to ruin it for me and I'm not going to want to ride my scooter anymore. So yeah, I, I made the decision, you know, I'm going to stop doing comps. Um, I'm just going to ride for fun just because that's what I want to do. Yeah. It kind of turned into almost more of a job for you yeah. to do comps. So it's just like you stress out about it and not have as much fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, you just find yourself like filming more like Insta clips or. Yeah. Occasionally. Um, I know I definitely make miss, I, def- I definitely miss making YouTube videos. Yes. Uh, I do that a lot. Um, as a kid, when I was back on Mad Gear, I used to film YouTube videos like every week. Um, but uh, were yeah. you on Mad Gear? I was on Mad Gear for about four and a half years. Um, I was the first ever flow rider, like MGP flow team. Really? Person that, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, back before it was a thing, I got a message from one of the Mad Gear riders, and uh, he said, Mad Gear are thinking of starting a flow team. How'd you like to be on it? Um, and then that kind of kicked off everything. But, um, interesting. Yeah, it was cool. So were you flow for four years? Yeah, I was flow for four and a half years. Um, and then it just got to the point where mad gear, like it's nothing to do with mad gear. It's more so the management of what was going on and miscommunications. Yeah. Cause, um, the flow team had a manager, but then there's also like, the pro team manager and I was sort of talking to both of them because I was meant to be going on the pro team and then that never really happened. Um, and they had a couple reasons that didn't really make sense to me. Yep. So I thought it was best if I just leave, did, start doing my own thing. Did your um, own thing for a little bit. Yeah. Stop doing comps and stuff like that and get back to, get back to enjoying it. And, yeah. uh, we're here now and like, I'm back progressing again because I definitely, I had a little bit of a break where, you know, it wasn't too much fun and I wasn't really motivated, but yeah. Yeah. Now I'm down to, I'm push pushing the limits again. Yeah. I've seen that you've been dropping some, uh, some bangers for sure. It's crazy. Um, just seeing what you guys are doing it. I'm sure there's great things to come from Volo and just a lot of those, um, just Australian scene is going to grow a lot with, uh, that park. So that, that's really cool. I like seeing that kind of stuff growing. Um, how did your, like, did you make it to worlds when you did ASA? Nah. So when I did, uh, the ASA, I, I competed in the 16s division, then the opens, then the pros. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what I got in the 16s division. I know I got the second in one of the comps cause I have yeah. a photo of it, but I can't remember that too much in the opens division. Uh, I got, second place at the state titles and then i got fourth place at the australian titles but in the open division you don't like qualify for worlds well you didn't back then i, I you might do now i'm not too sure but oh, okay. back then so it didn't really go anywhere so i was like the next year oh, I'll, i'm just going to compete even though i'm not pro i'll just compete in pro so maybe i can go somewhere and um yeah then i got third at state in pro um Morrison got first, still Morrison, and then Miles Curry got second. And then it was you. And then it was me in third. Yes. Um, and then 
the nationals that year were held held at warehouse 11 in sydney which is like the new monster it used to be monster skate park but right um then they had that fire and they reopened warehouse 11 um and yeah i, I, I just didn't do terribly well there but yeah that's all right so no i didn't get to Worlds, but um i was pretty happy with my other um placements yeah no that's that's doing great like those placements are fantastic to be really close to dylan is is pretty good that's a good feeling i'm sure um how is the whole like volo park thing how has that been and like when did you start when did you hear about it first and how long has that been in the works yeah so um i I wasn't a part of the project since the beginning i i like i'm really late in the build but um, from what I know, it's been going on for about seven months, um, well over like a year of planning. Um, basically, one of our other indoors that was, again, on the south side, uh, it was called Empire Ride and Equip. And um, I think the theory is that no one's really said anything about it, but I think the the lease on the, the building ran out and they weren't able to pay the lease. So what Matty Sorovlo did is he bought all the ramps and relocated. Oh, okay. um, Relocated on the north side, which was good for a lot of the north side riders like me. Um, and, yeah, seven months of just rebuilding them all. They they pulled apart all the ramps and, like, fixed them because Empire's ramps were made of metal. So they'd get a welder in and they'd fix all the cracks or any breaks or anything like that. And then... Um, Dan Thomason, who was the manager of Empire, he's still managing Volo as well. Um, he's real good with timber. So we built like a, a giant timber box, which um, is predicted to be the biggest resi box in Australia at the moment. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we haven't seen, because I think Level Up have a pretty big box as well. Um, and Ramp Fest is definitely also one of the, the bigger ones. But... Um, yeah, we reckon it's probably the tallest. Um, it's pretty big. So Dan is real good with timber, and he he built that. Um, and I I would have jumped on probably towards the end when they were building that box, and I was just helping sand all the ramps because once all the ramps were applied, we'd sand them all down. Um, yeah, just get rid of chalk marks, make it look new and nice, um, because people had ridden them while building. So I jumped on at that point where we would sand all the ramps and make it look nice and get ready for opening. Um, yeah. yeah, it's been going on for you know seven months, eight months. And there's a scooter store with that too, right? Yeah, there's a V2 scooter store on Instagram, V2 store, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's just, you know, Maddie doing his thing. He stocks um, Rue Grip, Root Parts, um, and all of his... Um, Volo fam stuff as well. Yeah. Would you, uh, are you looking at getting on another team? This is an off topic question, but, um, at the moment, maybe, but, uh, yeah, I had a, I had a ride on one of their, one of their scooters last night and, uh, it definitely, it definitely felt good. Yeah. yeah, I'll look at trying to, trying to get on that team. Yeah. That'd be cool. Be cool. What, uh, when did you meet Maddie? Um, well, probably through ASA comps because uh, I don't think he was competing back when I was competing, but he would always be there 
He yeah. was always one of the pro riders in, in the Melbourne scene. Um, and I used to watch his videos from way back as well. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy because uh, his his videos are what got me into scootering in uh, the States, which is kind of kind of cool. So uh, when did you start? I started, I don't know, like 2013, I think. I've been riding for seven, eight years, somewhere in there. I don't, I don't really know when I started, but um, just kind of been doing that. But it's no, I know it's been kind of a bigger thing almost in Australia and kind of started over there in uh, Europe. So um, it's just, it's just interesting to talk to people like you who have been in the scene a lot longer than I have. And uh, so where how far have you seen the industry come and uh, where do you see it going in the next like 10 years? It's come so far purely off just companies that exist now. It's come a long way. Um, personally, um, it's, it's gotten a bit corporate because um, there's, there's the whole, I'm not sure the name of it, but some sort of industries, there's a whole area that owns like grit, crisp, district phoenix well phoenix is gone now but yeah. like all companies are kind of under the one management so it's almost as if they're not even separate companies anymore and um uh, yeah i do think it got a little bit corporate but there's a lot of rider owned companies out there now um, and i think that's awesome and if we can keep getting stuff from them and they can keep making things that's where i hope it goes um yeah through, through owned sort of section where we can all kind of put input on these ideas and parts that, that we're writing and they would understand because they're also writers so when it's writer owned um i think it works out better for everyone because like in the name like everyone's writing the parts so yeah if it's good and if it's just being made by like a corporate company you know it's definitely better through writer owned yeah um, yeah it's come a long way because when i started like i remember on my sixth birthday or something i got one of those razor ultra pros which was the mm -hmm. first folded razor deck that didn't fold um and that's where that's where it started for me and then i'm on 10 somewhere between 10 and 12th birthday i got one of the first envy um kos heists the, the, the heist all blue one that was um like a dark blue and it had black wheels forks clamp yeah um, my first proper scooter and uh, everything just went from there and then because back then i like idolized max peters everything about him yep i totally understand that my first that's kind of funny my first scooter was the uh razor black label if you remember those and then i got the original kos before they were like the heist soul and whatever yeah. it was just the kos so yeah. that was my first scooter i'll start between that one or the newer one and i was like oh i'm just gonna go all out and get the new one yeah but yeah i got that and probably like a month later after not i still didn't know a lot about scooters at that point um yeah. I was like i'm doing it I, I go i went and bought some max peters bars um and put those on there but at the time i didn't realize the difference between like steel and aluminium and oversized and like ihc or any of the compressions anything like that 
but uh, it just happened to work out that the max bars fit on the IHC compression that came with the heist. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> and then like a year later again, I went and bought Max Peter's deck. Um, so that's where it started from there. Just like idolizing someone and then ha- them having SIG parts would build up my scooter to be custom just because I wanted to ride their parts. And that's how I got into the whole customizing scooters and then got interested in it and then just progressed. Quick. Yeah. So uh, who's your favorite rider now? Um, t- real tough question. Well, give us a few then. A few. Morrison would have to be one of them because mm-hmm. uh, just for style and ability, like, my end goal is I really want to be able to flare flat. Yeah. Um, doesn't effortlessly. So Morrison is definitely one. There's a couple like a couple underrated riders around Australia as well. Um, oh, I don't I don't know how to pronounce his name. There's someone from UK, like I don't know if his name's Simon, but I think his name is Simon Johnson. Okay. Uh, pretty sure he's from the UK. Um, he does some crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Watts is definitely another one. He, um, he's pretty much the one that got me doing throw bars because I do double throw bars all the time now. Yeah. Um, pretty much stemmed from him. Um, I know there's going to be some others that are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, probably Morrison would have to be number one. For sure. Yeah. What's the uh, what's your favorite trick that you've learned recently? Recently, wall rod flare. I did that. I learned that. Yeah. Maybe a week ago or something. Now. And, Not um, like where you dropped into that that wall right off that quarter, right? Up the quarter, and then like it's a oh, different technique. Wall ride. You kind of got to use it, and then like push through onto the wall so you can keep riding it as like yeah. a quarter. But yeah, that's probably my favorite that I learned recently. That's probably scary, wasn't it? Yeah, it was scary, but it wasn't hard. Oh, like once yeah. You, first time you're like, oh, that wasn't bad at all. Because it's the same as doing a flare, which is a no-brainer to me. So it's yeah. you just kind of do your thing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've traveled all around scootering and all sorts of places. Um, what is your favorite place to ride? Um, my favorite place is probably um, the park. It's in Geelong and it's literally called the park. But um, yeah, they're, most of it is concrete, but they have a vert and a half pipe that's made of wood and the quality is just really nice. And it's also the same park that has the mini mega, which is what oh, they're known right. for. Um, and it's like a, a mega amp, but on, on a small side. And yeah. um, it's like a big box jump. that's really fun. Oh yeah, I'm sure you just you just like flying, don't you? I really do. Yeah, <laughs> just go as just go as big as you possibly can. Yeah, your uh, your 540 double flyer blew me away. It just looked so effortless. Yeah, the one that I actually landed, um, like I, I landed pretty easy. There yeah. were a couple couple crashes that uh that definitely were you know made the trick look a lot harder. Yeah, what I landed um was oddly quite easy it was um, it looked yeah it looked really clean it was awesome exactly like textbook so like that whole that must have been a good session because there was a lot of there were a few good clips that came out of that session 
heaps of good clips that came out. Right, I was riding with Corey Barton and um, Michael Yates. Yeah. And yeah, we did Flare Quad Rewind Late Whip or something, or Flare Quad Rewind. What? And we did Flare 7 Whip as well, which was a worldie. And then Corey Barton did 9 Flare and I did um, 5 point Double Flare. So. Jeez. Yeah, that was a wild session. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, who, when growing up, you obviously uh, looked up to a few people. Who do you kind of give credit to, like building your style, and where uh, where did your inspiration come from? Max Peters. Max Peters. Yeah, all the when, way. All the way. When he was riding, he would he would pop flares anywhere. The amount of pop he had on flip drops, five forty flares, he could just yeah. do anything on any ramp just because he was able to jump like so high and he yeah. would players flat and um i was like that's that's my goal that's what i want to be able to do yeah um style kind of came from just myself in writing yes but goal of what i wanted to achieve was all max peters it was just i want to be able to flare on any ramp anytime yeah. so He's a, he's a nice guy too. He's seems yeah. really cool. Cool guy. And, um, like having sessions with him now is completely surreal because it's like you, you're, you're kind of the reason that I do what I do. Yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, I think that's the, the, the mindset when you ride with anyone that you look up to. Yeah. How, how old are you? I'm 18. I turn 19 next month. Um, oh, nice. Are you still in school or how does schooling work? And school, okay. I've got a time apprenticeship with Lux Landscapes. Okay, so. cool. So how long you been, how long have you been doing that? Doing that since I've been with Lux since the start of the year. And then I was with another company for three months last year, end of last year. Nice. Um, well, where do you kind of see yourself in 10 years? Um, Hopefully living stably. Um, yeah. Three years I'll be qualified. So I should be on like a livable wage. So I want to be able to move out and just like have a dog. I don't know why yeah. I really want to have a dog. <laughs> I move out, have a dog. And then like, I don't see myself going anywhere and scootering, but I'm not stopping anytime soon. Cause it's the number one thing that I ha- like the number one thing that yeah. I enjoy. Yeah. Most fun. Um, so I'm still going to be progressing. I've still got goals in scootering that I really want to achieve. Um, and yeah, hopefully I can meet them. Yeah. That's of course you always got to have those. And I'm sure a lot of your friends have come from scootering. So it's just kind of like almost like the skate park's home for you and yeah, as it is for the rest of us. So, yeah. Um, I'm curious is Volo, Volo open to all action sports. Okay. Yeah. Um, the 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 definition, like in the title of Volo, it's uh, Volo Park, home of action sports. Okay. And yeah, anything. Uh, are there like specific nights where like separate nights, or is it all just all the time? Not yeah, it's just all, all the time. That's um, awesome. So you go up and and ride wherever you want. Sweet. That's perfect. Have you uh, ridden one of those airbag landings? Not one of the airbag landings. No, I've just ridden the just airbag. Just resis? 
yeah, I'm, I'm pretty keen to go out to Awuli land um, eventually. Yeah. Do some stuff there. Because I reckon I could. World I reckon yeah i'm excited to see those clips and that eventually happens i'll definitely get her get her done um what do you do at your landscaping um so we work with a bunch of pool companies so ldr pools falcon pools um neptune pools and when you get a pool put in um the first thing that needs to go down is the coping like just pavers all the way around it yeah so we'll always we get subcontracted to go do the coping and then if they want they'll subcontract us to do all the paving backwards as oh. well okay. um so a lot of paving but then again there's also jobs where um we do full like landscapes of the backyard so we do turf block work brickwork um, pretty much anything so. Jeez, awesome well yeah you said you uh you did youtube before didn't you yeah, definitely. Have you ever thought thought about starting doing that again? Uh, yeah, it's just um, it's time consuming because not only do you have to film when you get to the skate park, but you have to edit the videos as well, which takes yep. I'm sure hours. And um, if I'm getting home on a weekend, I don't really know if I want to spend three hours on a video when yeah the my time to go out with mates or whatever yeah. Because throughout the week, I'm just smashed with work. Just busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Have you uh, been working on any video parts lately? Um, no, nah, not really. Not at all. I don't have any clips. Oh, gotcha. You're just, uh, just straight to Instagram. It's the way to do it. Fuck. I barely even post half the clips that I get on Instagram as it is just because I, I go to the skate park to ride. Like I don't, I don't film a lot. I'm not an uh, I'm not an influencer. I don't yeah. have any I don't have any need to post. I'm not sponsored. I don't like yeah writing because I enjoy the sport. That's the way it should be for sure. That's awesome that you can because lots of people get a lot of their inspiration from posting um, and seeing what people's reactions are and whatever. And being at the level that you are and not needing that is is awesome. So I've been I did that. Like I've already done the whole social media thing when I was with Mad Gear, and yeah. all I found is you can't please everybody. Yeah, There's always doesn't like it, so I just gave up on it. Like I'm just here to have fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What would you? Uh, what advice would you give somebody who's trying to kind of get in that sponsored space and be sponsored by somebody? Um, what is kind of your advice? Um. These days, if you want to be sponsored, you kind of got to be like the best of the best, which is really tough. Um, yeah. So either either post consistently and try to get as many followers as you can because companies kind of look for what what you give them in terms of promotion. Yeah. So if you have a lot of followers, you know, and they put their brand on you, then their brand gets seen because you're putting it out there with yeah. a decent so there's that side or there's comp side where if you place really well in competitions again companies going to want to put their name on you because you're showing off their brand when you place really high and everyone's looking at you yeah because you're one, number two number three whatever yeah so while trying to get sponsored do as many comps as you can place as best as you can um 
and you know you can do both at the same time like keep posting on instagram yeah try to build an audience because that's what i did just from when i was like 12 13 yeah posted and, and built my audience just off that yeah um, you are doing the whole social media thing you gotta understand that it's gonna go up and down because there's been so many times where i would like hit 8k and then go to seven and then go back up to eight and it yeah. fluctuates a lot um, but i think the the key is to not get down on yourself if you do lose followers yeah so i think that's what i was like oh, i'm losing followers no one cares stop posting yep um that's not the way to go if you lose followers keep posting keep keep doing it um, yeah it'll come back up it should come back up yeah um what is your favorite brand right now and why being unsponsored and having your the opinions that you have the opinions that i have it's um different if we're going off brand then i'm going to go off the parts that they have the most of that i enjoy which is probably i'm not too sure because i run completely custom on everything so i yeah. have lucky kink titanium bars yeah They're bars in my opinion like i've had them for like i've had this set for well over a year and then I had my last set again for over a year. So I've been riding the same bars for probably nearly three years. Yeah. Um, since like the first bars that I got when I left Mad Gear. Um, because, yeah, on Mad Gear, the flow riders weren't able to get the titanium bars. Really? So I was just riding aluminium bars. And then when I left Mad Gear, I was like, I'm going to try out this titanium because everyone's riding it. And uh, I literally, I haven't ridden any bars since. So three really? years, I've been titanium bars and they're just, they're absolutely amazing in my opinion. Um, super durable. I've been riding the same set of forks as well for three years just because they haven't bent. Like, yeah. Wow. Um, Those bars, do you, do you struggle with seeing titanium like bend a bunch when you're doing tricks? Not with those? Not with those. Um, I know I've heard the Youth Gone Wild titanium bars flex a lot. And, um, yeah, these ones, yeah, just don't. I rode the affinity ones for a while and those, uh, those bent pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. These ones just don't really flex for me. Um, and I think along with that, I don't know, like when I land the flex that they do have stops you from bending, bending forks. So I think that's why they've just lasted forever because it'll yeah. it'll bend when I land, but it won't actually bend the fork and the bars go back to where they're meant to be when the um, titanium bends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. My favorite brand is probably Ethic. Um, okay. Just think now, like I like their forks, decks, clamps, um, yeah. and then with kink bars. But yeah. currently... I got the lucky bars. I got an envy clamp. I got an ethic fork that that um I run the the ethic nemesis fork, which is okay. Standard wheels because I've been riding twelve standard wheels for a while now. Yeah, and yeah, I just like the thirty wide by one twenty five. Yep, goes so fast and um yeah, it's perfect for what I want to do. Like just go really high. Yeah, ethic is probably my favorite brand overall because they make the most 
like of the parts that I want to ride. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I've been riding 12 standard for over a year now. And then I wrote it before that. And I just, I just love 12 standard so much better. You don't like break axles or anything. So, so yeah, definitely. I, I love the 12 standard. Uh, do you think that more companies are going to transition over to that? Um, I've seen that AO have uh, some 12 standard stuff, but I don't think it's going to go too much further than that. Um, but we'll have to see. If yeah. I, but yeah, I'm glad we agree that 12 standards just. Yeah, 12, 12 standards the move. It really is. People are like, no. But yeah, it, it's so much better. So I, I love it. And then you don't have to worry about like sliding out or all that kind of stuff. I haven't ridden it on a resi. Does it grippier on the resi? Um, well, I didn't slide out in the 540 double flare. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like, yeah, there's not a, there's not a resi within six hours of where I live at least. So like I haven't gotten to ride it, but yeah. I love the, I love the 12 standard, but, uh, it is gonna feel like the craziest thing when you ride down it it's like the smoothest in the world it's like you're riding on it's like smoother than concrete yeah so if you find concrete, times that by five that's what riding down a resi feels like with 12 standard yeah geez. cool well uh yeah i have one more question for you um what is your meaning of life meaning of life <laughs> here we go deep one yeah yeah um it's it's always changed throughout the years um i remember as a, as a kid doing gymnastics like i wanted to be in the olympics and i wanted to do all this stuff and then it kind of hit um like early teenage years where like bullying comes into it and life happens like events that you can't prepare for um like for example divorces and things like that there's there's stuff that you just can't plan for and um i think when that happens it'll change your opinion on life um especially from where you were at as a kid yeah and then years of like 18 19 and you're coming into adulthood then you know another kick happens where you kind of have more to realize um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure on the meaning of life, but I, like, I can tell you my goals cause all I really want to be able to do is just have fun. Um, and that's what I recommend as well. If you spend like all high school trying to get the best, uh, we, we have VCE, if yeah. you try to get the best score or, you know, go to uni and spend all this time studying, um, if I get real dark for a second, is that all yeah, right? Go. Yeah, of course. So for me, I don't want to spend all this time like studying, doing that. And then what happens if you die at like the age of 20 and you've just spent your whole life studying? Yeah. That's not really how I wanted to live my life. So um, I left public school at year 10, like halfway through year 10. Um, and then I did online school for another year. And then I just... I would just didn't want to do the work. So I left when I turned 17 because you're allowed to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I got a job so I can pay for stuff. And just I wanted to live my life now rather yeah. than try to 
study for so long and then live your life here. Because if you die just before here, yeah. you don't even get the part, like everything that you worked for. Yeah. So I'm live my life um, week by week and, and do everything that I want to do now. So that way, if I do die, I've done, I, I can say I've done everything that I wanted to do, like up to that point. Obviously, there's yeah. more that I want to do here, but I did everything I could to try and get the most out of what I had. Live, live for now. Don't live for a time that you can't see. And what, how I see it too is like, you're almost like you're only 20 something or whatever for so long. Like after that, like your health starts declining or whatever, and you start having more problems with health and, and you get hurt easier and things can take you out. So like, enjoy your youth basically. Yeah. Cause it, it won't be, it won't be around forever. And like yeah. my, like 30, but, um, he still lives like he's in his twenties. Cause he, he keeps talking about it. Like he misses clubs, but he can't really go to the clubs as a 30 year old because he just won't really fit in. Yeah. So dilemmas like that, when you get older, you're actually restricted to what you can really do yes. and, uh, out on this section. It's not the same in that section. So yeah, that's, that's what I reckon. You just do what you can now. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's really good advice. I loved that. So yeah, thank you, Ben, for coming on the podcast and taking some time out of your morning to uh, talk to me. It means a lot, man. So yeah, thank you guys for listening to the Outlook Industries podcast. Uh, I hope you guys are liking these episodes and I, I hope you liked what Ben had to say. He had, I learned a lot and he has some great wisdom for me and everybody else. So uh, thank you again for taking some time out and uh, have a good night, guys.